We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode of Drinks with Thinks, we welcome in basketball media savant from the Ringer Network, Ryan Rossillo. We chat about his move from ESPN to his new life, why the Nets are the best team in the league, and who's to blame for the Ben Simmons drama as well. Most importantly, he gives us a deep dive into his obsession with below deck. We're sipping on some gin and juice. Save the gin. This is Drinks with Thinks. Hey guys, welcome on Into Drinks with Binks. I'm Julie Stewart Binks. This is the show that talks with the biggest and brightest stars in sports, entertainment, and media. And with football season starting and the NBA coming back, we had to request the presence of sports savant uh, who knows everything about basketball and pretty much literally every sport and beyond. Uh, host of the Ryan Rosillo podcast on the Ringer Network. Also on Bill Simmons podcast, formerly of ESPN, none other than and Ryan Rosillo, thank you so much for joining us all the way from Manhattan Beach, and congratulations on everything that you have accomplished with The Ringer. Yeah, thanks a lot. It's uh, it's good to talk to you again. I think it's been a while. I think the last time, maybe the only time we ever saw each other was in Los Angeles. But, um, you know, when I got the start time and I know the concept of the show, I felt a little guilty, but firing back drinks at 11 a.m. On, on an L.A. morning, it's a little tougher for me, so... Well, other people have done it, and they've probably regretted it. So cheers to you, my friend. We got some juice. What do we got? You got a green juice there? I got a green juice, yep. Um, this one's disgusting. Uh, there's a lot of dandelions <laughs> and pepper in it. So Ooh. I don't know what it is. Like, they've what got it. They've just, I think the whole, the whole juice industry is just laughing at us, being like, let's see how many more awful things we can put in there. And then people think like, man, I feel great. So, uh, you know, like I, that, the most ridiculous thing, like it was a charcoal. We're like, yeah, we need charcoal dandelion, as you mentioned, like whatever it is. Okay. Well, cheers to you, you my friends and great to have you on the show. What do you got mm. going on? I just made a Gatorade propel because we don't have any juice in this household. The fridge it has zero in it. Cause I've just never been here, but more importantly, we were talking about sports, but before we get there, I got some intel that you are a very big Below Deck fan. So yes. where does that passion come from? You know, it was uh, like all reality shows. I think I was stuck in a hotel during a trip years ago and, you know, Bravo came on. The remote may have been on the ground. And I was like, this show's stupid. 
And then after three episodes, I was like, I can't believe the second stew thinks she's better than the first stew. Like, that's ridiculous. And I'm like, God, this primary guest is the worst. And then I'm like, I can't believe maybe she's going to hook up with the bosun. So I was in and, you know, that's kind of my rule with any reality show. And that's why they work. It's like you could sit there and be like, that's dumb. Why would I ever waste any time? And the fact is I do watch so many games, like so many hours of basketball. And then when it has that overlap of college football and basketball, it just felt like a nice escape for about an hour to be like, hey, I'm on it. Um, but then it was getting bad when I was seeing somebody and then it was sort of like this thing that I was pretending that I was making this huge concession being like, I guess I'll watch Below Deck again. And it was like five seasons later. And then she could tell. She's like, this says it's already been viewed on the DVR. Like, what did you, did you watch this when I wasn't here? Like, I thought you didn't even like it. And I was like, well, I just don't like Captain Lee because I think he's way too strict. But um, yeah, I guess I constantly just think about like, there's no way I could ever do it because the accommodations to this stage of my life, like I'm not going to share a bunk. Um, All right, we won't. We'll save that one for the next chapter of Ryan Rosillo's life. As this chapter currently with the Ringer, these two years and change, dealing with also a global pandemic, but you've been with them. What has been maybe the the best part about sort of revamping everything after over ten years with ESPN? Yeah, I mean, I was at ESPN almost fifteen. Um, I liked it. You know, I, I grew up watching. Kilborn, four of the same sports centers in a row. I mean, this is how we used to do it when we were in high school and we were in college. We'd watch the same episode of Sports Center over and over again. We'd argue about who our favorite anchors were. We'd memorize the catchphrases because back then it was just, it was cool. And I remember the first job I had as an intern, I was working for a local affiliate. I thought I wanted to be an anchor. And then I wrote something in a script for one of the anchors about like how the team shouldn't have traded for this guy. And he read it on the teleprompter because he trusted me enough to write his scripts at that point. And he came back. He's like, hey, good at it. He's like, don't write any opinion stuff ever in a new script. And he was right. And it kind of dawned on me. I was like, yeah, I guess, I, I guess I'm more of an opinion guy. I did some play-by-play. I sucked at it. You know, after a bunch of years of doing radio, I got to try out at ESPN. And it really was a dream for somebody like me that, that cared about the place so much and, and grew up on it. And, you know, for the people that are like, oh, I work there. And like, yeah, no, there's a lot of people that work there. But there's very few that are there five days a week in mm-hmm. the hallways on the air, 15 to 20 hours a week. I mean, there's look, there's plenty of people that work. But I'm talking about on air, you know, to be there every day for that many years, 10 years almost in that slot. Um, and then to move away from that, have this abrupt thing. Because like then every waking moment was thinking about the radio show because I would wake up, think about what I saw. I'd go in, I'd read, I'd make calls, I'd prep, and I'd do all these things. I'd go for three hours. The one break was I would go, you know, work out, get some dinner, and then at 7 o'clock Eastern time, I'd watch games until 1 a.m. And, I mean, that was basically 10 years on top of the weekend, where if it's football weekend, that's 20-something hours of football that you're watching. And then all the time, all you're doing is thinking about um, what you're going to say in the show. And that was it. Every waking minute, I basically was thinking about the show, which is obsessive. But um, even though, you know, it was kind of a amicable parting it wasn't like mastering like that the freedom that i have now is is something that i I probably should have tried to find a way to get a little bit earlier but we know how tough these careers are so you grind you're competing with other people you got to say yes to stuff all the time but to be able to say okay i can do literally everything i want because i know there's trust in me um with bill simmons who just knows what i'm capable of and just goes hey just do your thing and and so far it's worked so it's it that part of the stress has been removed but you still want to do good shows so you still put the time in right and now you just have a little bit more flexibility in terms of being able to also have a bit of a life as you mentioned there that sound like it's just a complete uh you know overhaul of every waking moment that you possibly have and that's what a lot of people who've worked there have said kind of just like 
having to be every single second all in. Um, We have to take a quick break, but there's a whole lot more I want to get to, especially uh, about the NBA and about everything that you're doing with the ringer. When we return on drinks with things, guys, don't go anywhere. We got Ryan Rosillo. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, welcome on back to Drinks with Things. I'm JSB, joined by The Ringer's Ryan Rossillo. And Ryan, before we get into Ben Simmons, I got to ask you, what would surprise us about working with Bill Simmons? Uh, I, I say this to everybody that asks about it. Very rarely people that are great at content like Bill has been throughout his entire career. Um, he's doing something right. You know, We're talking about one of the premier voices in sports for two decades now. To be able to do that, but then also be somebody that is good uh, instinctually with hiring. Um, and what he did at Grantland, I think is one of the most impressive things I've seen in media in the last 10 years. That newsroom was incredible. Uh, I was talking with somebody about it the other day and I was like, it was like the 94 Expos and it was just loaded with talent who, if you look at the foundation of that start of Grantland and here's Bill, you know, mapping this out with other people that, you know, he's worked with for a long time and what those people have gone on to do. And I never worked with Grantland or anything like that. I did like one feature a year for him. Um, that's, that's really hard to do. There's a lot of people that are great behind the scenes. There are a lot of people that are great in front of the camera. But usually when you're in front of the camera, you're somebody that's talking all the time. Your ego is such that it kind of it, it makes you either difficult to work with or you're, you're just really good at your one thing. And, you know, he's shown now two times over um, since he's left ESPN that he has uh, pretty good instincts in how to read markets and, you know, how to how to staff and, and do different things. So uh, that's that's very hard to do. We've seen other people try to do it and it was like immediately like, this isn't gonna work. And I think what he did at Grantland is incredible. Well, that's a great way to talk about your boss. I would do that too if Pam Duckworth was being asked about on an interview with me. Um, uh, Lakers <laughs> and Nets, and this is from an outside perspective also, thank you for mentioning a Canadian baseball team in your last answer, but um, Lakers and Nets seem as though from an outsider's perspective that they are loading up and everyone else is just like playing for third right now. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it felt like once everything was over last year and you know, you always feel like you don't want to be dismissive of a team that just won a championship, but some titles feel different than others. And this one was last man standing. So in a way, you know, 
even more props to Milwaukee for finding a way to fight through all of this. But I think you'd be lying to yourself if you thought Milwaukee was going to beat a healthy Nets team. I don't think they would have beaten the Nets if the Nets had two of the three guys, never mind all three. And I would wonder, you know, the Nets storyline all year was the numbers are incredible. The individual stretches that Durant and Harden and even Kyrie had when they were playing were ridiculous. The role pieces fit in perfectly because it's so much easier to be a role guy with those three guys offensively bringing that much attention to them. But Julie, you know, I didn't know because it kind of, it kind of like it fights in the face of what the concept of basketball is that you need time together. And they had played, I think, nine games together. And Mm -hmm. now that I saw it all play out, I think the Nets would have smoked everybody. I really do. And I'm not, I don't even know if they needed all three guys. So now they're deeper and now they have had a little bit more time together. Um, If you want to tell me, hey, the Nets are going to be hurt again. Okay, fine. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong, but I'm not going to predict, you know, they're more likely to be hurt than other teams. And I wouldn't, like completely right off Milwaukee coming out of the East here. But at this point, if you're telling me everyone's healthy, even with the Lakers reloading, because remember before the Lakers were falling off the start of last season, it felt like, Hey, here's a team that just won a championship. They're better now. They were, I thought they were better. And then everybody starts getting hurt again for them. So if you want to tell me health isn't a factor, I still think it's the nets above everybody else. And I think they're going to be even better, but it's a tough team to bank on their health because look, Harden's usually always healthy, but maybe you shouldn't, spend the entire offseason making sure you come in in worst shape possible so that the team will trade you. I mean, what Harden did shouldn't be applauded. Um, And maybe that caught up with him later on, or maybe it was a fluke Mm -hmm. thing, because he's usually, for whatever you think of Harden, he's always been incredibly durable. But if it's all equal, because I can't sit here and predict injuries, I think the Nets are the best team. Yeah, yeah, the Nets, it was, when it was all done, I was like, you know what? That would have been scary if those guys stayed together. That's just how I felt. I know. Uh, Yeah, so Nets and Lakers potentially help. This is what we could see. Good year for Kyle Lowry to leave, I guess, from Toronto because they're going to suck regardless. But no one cares about them because well, they're in Canada. Hey, we don't. <laughs> I don't know that you want me to talk about Kyle Lowry on your podcast with your audience in Toronto because that turned. I don't. Out like, I don't I, have an audience. It's like my mom. She's in Toronto, so yeah, maybe don't. My talk mom about still it. doesn't know what I do, so I, that's that's <laughs> advantage to you. But I, yeah, I said something about Kyle Lowry and it was like, oh my gosh, I was like, Toronto, I almost needed, I thought I might even get like flagged if I ever went across the border. But that's, No, it's that's, actually true. There's a big, big Kyle Lowry stan base. Oh, I'm aware. And his yeah. mom on Twitter too is a big part of that. Uh, let's talk Ben Simmons because we know that that is the, um, you know, topic du jour all the time. Where do you think he ends up and, and whose fault is it that, it that it didn't really work out in Philly? Well, it's Ben Simmons' fault first. You know, I mean, look, adapt your game. And he's never improved certain aspects. Like, even if you think Ben Simmons is this incredible talent, top 20 player, I think he's just kind of a difficult guy to gauge because when you can't shoot and you have no desire and you look like you're afraid to even shoot because now you can't make free throws and it's in a playoff game and everyone can see it and it's not guessing where you are mentally. Like, it was so obvious with him that he was just scared. That's a huge, huge problem. And so now is he damaged forever? Uh, you know, that's, that's aggressive. We're talking about a guy in his mid-20s. But him not developing that part of his game, you know, every offseason, these stupid Instagram videos where he hits a couple jumpers at LA Fitness and we're supposed to be like, oh my God, Ben Simmons is going to shoot this year. And then he doesn't even take those shots. That's, that's on him first and foremost. And he signed a max extension with the Sixers. So if he really hated it that much, then don't take the extension. You know, he would lose a lot of money. Um, nobody does that. And that's basically what happens down in the league. And it's been going on for years. Melo did it when he did an extension. It's like, look, I'll just sign the deal. I'll have the money down on paper and then I'll just c- command my way out. The difference here is that you know, I, I just am still confused how the public keeps talking about the Ben Simmons request because he wants out. We all know that. Philly is going to stare him down. We'll see who, who gives in because if he says he's not going to play, 
then they don't have to pay him. He could also say, hey, I'm hurt, um, which has been done before by other players. We'll see. But he has four years left. This is not Anthony Davis with even a year and a half of people got mad about. This isn't a guy with one year left like Harden coming in, although he had an option. I mean, usually in the past, we were used to now the guy. We were accepting of the player that was upset and only had a year left. It's like, hey, I'm not re-signing. Ben Simmons has four years left and is apparently telling the Sixers where he doesn't want to go. So this is unprecedented, okay? No, nobody's ever done this before. And that's why it's like, wait, what leverage do you have? So if you were that upset about the situation with Philadelphia, and look, Doc could have been more supportive and Bede could have been more supportive. Um, you know, Daryl Morey's not a pushover GM at all. He's a really good one, a lot of respect. He's not going to just give in. But right. I think it starts with the player. And I think too often we try to find a way to blame everybody else except the person that we should start the blame with. So then for Ben Simmons and for everyone around him, your trade leverage is so low, it would be in your best interest to try to stay, salvage it, and then figure out a new location? I just have never thought he and Embiid fit together. I mean, I, honestly, like people that argue against it, you know, there's some regular season stats. Hey, when they're on the court together, this is the plus minus. Hey, it's amazing. And you're like, okay, but tell me about the possessions of the last four or six minutes of a close playoff game. Like, we can all see what happens. Ben pretends he's bringing the ball up, he, and then he gives it to somebody else, and then Ben's guy never defends him. And then there's all this traffic. I mean, it's just impossible. It's impossible to run your offense that way over and over and over again when there's somebody out there that nobody even pretends to respect. So um, it seems crazy to think, especially in a city like Philadelphia, where you go, ah, well, just run it back. And here we go. Uh, there's a lot of people think there's no way they'll ever do that. But if I were a GM, I wouldn't go, oh, no, the fans are going to be mean. So now I have to give this guy away, who still, despite the critiques of the game, in a certain setup, a little bit more freedom surrounded by shooters. He's more of the ball-dominant guy. He doesn't have the huge guy in the post who's terrific and Embiid clogging everything up where they kind of clog each other. There's a version of it where I think it could be better. But the biggest difference between a guy like Simmons and uh, Giannis, even though Giannis can't shoot, Giannis is never afraid. And Simmons showed us against Atlanta he's afraid. Certainly did. Lot to unpack there. Very exciting right now. Guys, don't go anywhere. We're drinking and binking with Ryan Rosillo. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hey guys, welcome back to Drinks with Thinks. I'm Julie Stewart-Binks, joined by The Ringers, Ryan Rossillo. And before we move on to some football, gotta ask, it feels as though a lot of NBA guys have been interacting and uh, just being more involved on social media than in the past, and even compared to other athletes, but almost in sometimes a subversive way with the whole all-wash team and all this. Like, 
Where do you think this sort of this maybe this like confidence online comes from just with the NBA in particular? I think when you see when you see an NBA player go at somebody, like sometimes you just want to tell somebody to fuck off. That's it. I don't think it's like this generation of player, but I think this generation of player has come up with with seeing all this like I can't believe what these guys would go into a halftime and check their mentions. Like oh, what an God. incredible waste of time, especially like Ooh. when you're a pro athlete. But I've worked with people at the highest level that I'm like, you're broadcasting a special, special event and you're seeing what people are saying about what you're saying on TV while you still have two hours to go. Like that's crazy to me. But we all did it on radio shows at the beginning. So when you think about it being at the NBA level, where these guys are a hundred times more famous than any of us ever were just talking sports. They get it all the time, and then every now and then you just feel like, hey, I want to do this. And the problem is, is you kind of still can't really win. So I don't know that it's their confidence level being different. I think that it's the way they've come up as public figures. And, you know, they. you can also do this too. You can have somebody, you can have 100 people say something about you, and the one person that says something really nasty and stings, that's the one thing you focus on. So even with all the love, like LeBron is convinced... Like the media is against him, where I think there's a pretty good argument the media loves LeBron for the most yeah. part, except for a couple people, but he's focused on that stuff. So that is that is the newest thing. I think that's the biggest change and impact in how we see famous people, and in this case, NBA guys, react publicly because it's just something we've never seen before, but they've been, yeah. been used to it now for years. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I can't even imagine those guys seeing their mentions. Uh, Howard Stern spoke about that. He can't even see one bad thing about him or else he'll just be like completely puddle on the floor, which is crazy that, to think about that. That's Howard um, Stern. I, I remember reading this yeah. book about a presidential, you know, and like I'm not even trying to get into politics here, but like you'd sit there and go, you're the president and you're mad about what a TV show is saying about you. And by the way, that was the previous two administrations. So it had nothing to do with who you like or who you don't like. Like they would call into producers to be like both of our last administrations would have people that would call in to television stations to be like, I can't believe you said that. And I'm like, you're the if the president can't get over it and it ruins his day, then, you know, who's to say a two guard for the Sacramento Kings is going to be a little offended when somebody says his game sucks. It's tough. Yeah. You got, you got to turn the old men- main mentions off and just put, like, I guess the verified ones on or something. But even those people are still going to take you down. Um, speaking of taking down, I guess, great segue to you <laughs> covered the Patriots for many years and Cam Newton being um, cut and Mac Jones now being the guy. What do you think about the conversation surrounding this situation as someone who's you know, covered this team for a while. There's two parts of the Cam thing that surprised me. Um, you know, for whatever you thought of Cam, the player, and I still think that MVP year is a little fluky for who he ended up being over his entire career. I mean, you can say, oh, no, he's hurt again. Okay, well, he's hurt. Already had COVID. Okay, fine. You know, the Pats don't have weapons. That is true. Uh, it was not a good season last season. And then they went ahead and brought him back, and they actually paid him a few million bucks just to be – they ended up paying him three and a half million before they even cut him. So I was kind of surprised they were – that motivated to make it work again, but maybe they felt like they were getting him more weapons. But I think he was somebody that Belichick, I don't, I don't think it's nonsense or BS at all. I think Belichick really respected the way he carried himself and he did his business through a struggling year last year. Uh, I think he, Cam is kind of one of those guys, almost like Vic on the cover of a, a video game where the younger generation of players worship this guy because I saw it with Vic firsthand and I think Cam has a little of that in him too. But everybody that I've talked to that was in camp, that watched all the throws that they were allowed to see, that the public were allowed to see, the people that cover this team, because it's still a lot of my friends that did, they're like, Mac was just better than Cam all season, all preseason. 
he was just better than him. He was just better than him. I'm not saying like Mac is going to light it up and be a Pro Bowler, although like half the quarterbacks ended up making the Pro Bowl after a bunch of guys dump out of it. But Matt, there just wasn't much of a competition. And then you have Cam screw up the COVID protocol and lose his availability. And the fact that once he was on the roster, he was going to start making millions more by just being in games. It ended up, I think, being a pretty easy football decision. And I don't think it was, I don't think it was uh, anything other than that. You know, I, I just don't think Cam was all that good last year. I doubt he was that much better. And I think they feel like, hey, let's just keep, give the keys to Mac, even though rookie quarterbacks usually struggle. We got to take a quick break. We have more with Ryan Rosillo and where we can find him next and what he is talking about on his elusive podcast, the Ryan Rosillo podcast on the Ringer Network. Don't go anywhere, guys. This is Drinks With Thanks. Subscribe to the Fubo Sports YouTube page for clips and full episodes. Follow us at Fubo Sports on all social media channels. Also available in podcast form wherever you find your favorite pods. Hey guys, we've had an awesome time drinking and binking here with Ryan Rosillo from The Ringer. Ryan, where can we find you next? I have a podcast Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Ringer Spotify, and usually I jump on with Bill Simmons uh, throughout the week talking NBA. Sometimes he jumps on mine, and uh, you know, every now and then I'm popping up. And I'm also working on my book, The Shepherds of San Bernardino, San Berdu, for locals. Uh, just a lot of people don't realize there's a big shepherd culture out there that's, uh, but I, you know. Wow. Yeah, yeah, so we're working on the advance now, but uh, looking forward to that release. That's incredible. I know I wanted to talk to you more about all of your other stuff outside of sports but i got way too into below deck so that's that, i important. guess that is yeah that's that was number one on the priorities um where can we follow you on social media at ryan a Rosillo on twitter and then i think it's the same thing on instagram but i don't take that one as seriously so awesome okay well we don't take ours as seriously jokes we do it is at fubo sports on twitter and instagram as well Make sure to check out our YouTube page for this episode and a whole lot more at Fubo Sports. And until next time, bottoms up, bitches. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.